Welcome to Unstrategy Showcase. This is Fergus in Chicago. Today we talk with Chantel Begley. Uh, Chantel is head of strategy on the RB portfolio of products. And today we talk about the repositioning and relaunch campaign of Durex condoms. Uh, the campaign launched in the UK in uh, February of 2020. And uh, it's another great example of what's been happening in, in a number of other categories. Uh, whether it is sort of uh, a feminine care, whether whether it is sort of the uh, the alternatives that are surfacing in the dating app culture, uh, as a, as a sort of an anecdote to the hookup culture, uh, and in this case, uh, in what's happening in sexual well-being, there is this sort of very cool thing that's happening where many of these brands are finding their courage and their voices, and having far more direct conversations and communications with consumers. And the Durex uh, campaign is an exact uh, reflection of this and a great example of it. The campaign launched in two phases, and Chantel will tell us more about that in the interview. The first phase was pre-pandemic, and the second phase was during the pandemic. So the brand had to find a way uh, to have a conversation uh, during a time when everybody wanted to return to normal, and also during a time when there was this heightened awareness of the importance of protection and the importance of hygiene and the importance of prevention. So it was a perfect storm for the brand to be able to tell, to sort of frame a narrative and have a very honest and direct conversation with an entire culture and society that was trying to return to normal. So this is a, a conversation about the relaunch of the Durex brand in two phases. Enjoy. Welcome, Chantal Begley. Uh, great to have you on. You know, we tried this once and it didn't work because some of uh, because of some technical difficulties. But you have honored me by returning to try this again. So thank you. You're very welcome. This is uh, this is a conversation around the Jurex brand and their latest campaign, which I think was like super refreshing and direct in a category that can be sort of implicit in its work. But uh, I think more recently, there's this sense of directness and honesty, and and that's happening both in in the sexual wellness category and in and in all aspects of well-being. I think feminine care has done a fantastic job in the last couple of years of being just more honest and direct and willing to do what you guys are trying to do in part, which is break stigmas, break taboos, and let's have conversations and honest conversations about things that are holding men and women back. So I think with, 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 uh, with Durex, I think I'd love to hear where all of this started from. Did a, did, uh, did a client come to, to you guys at Havas? Did, uh, was, I mean, this is a client you guys have had for a couple of years, right? Yeah, we've had Durex for, we, well, I think well, in the UK, London office, we've had them for the last two and a half years but since I've been working on it. Um, and I guess the, the brief, really, the client came to us and said, what do we do in this time um, as we come out of it? There's lots of brands all saying the same thing in the same moment about we've been around forever and we're here for you, but what are we genuinely going to do and how can we shape some change moving forward? And that, that was the brief. And then it was all systems go from there. And so in that situation, this is, when we talk about this situation, we're talking about COVID, we're talking about lockdown, um, we're talking about um, things that are sort of unusual for 
uh, in in uh, in terms of single people meeting other single people and having sexual encounters that kind of all came to a screeching halt during lockdown right yeah 100% i mean people were swiping right but not being able to meet up and you know <laughs> <That's> great, <yeah. laughs> families were on lockdown with their partners that they may have not had that much time with <laughs> on you know for a very long time so relationships um, and hookups and dating and and just human intimacy and connection was all put on pause and being reinvented um, and reimagined and it you know the brand we did some research just to get a temperature of how it was affecting people in lockdown um you know were people having more sex or were they having less of it you know um and weirdly there was less of it um you know, because people weren't feeling great about themselves and had other worries. Um, but then there was the dating generation who was eager to get back out there and trying all the different ways to, you know, vet their dates before the real world was open to them again. Um, but we started to see some kernels of how people feel about themselves, their health, each other. And it was those kernels that excited us about what a future we could create and be part of. So tell tell us about a couple of the kernels. So there's a heightened awareness of protection. You know, everyone's singing happy birthday and washing their hands a million times. We're, we're starting to, I'm sure everyone at the beginning of lockdown would go, yeah, I'm super hygienic. I wash my hands. But we were then overdoing it. And this heightened sense of protection was actually being seen when it came to sexual hygiene as well. And that was super interesting. That felt like here's a moment in time where we can actually change people's perceptions of their sexual health, its value, uh, and how to protect it and each other moving forward. You know, we were seeing things like, you know, people washing their hands before and after sex, um, talking about can you catch COVID through semen or interesting, you know, yeah, interesting. Being being more um, observant and honest about sex toys, and you know, and being more, you know diligent when it came to the act itself and each other and that felt really ripe um, for us to to reframe sexual protection and and drive relevance of condoms in a new way for people at a moment where we're in a health recession as well as a um, you know a wealth recession and trying to make sure that those values attached to health would transition to sexual health as well. One of the other things that really fascinates me about this about this example is that it's a moment in culture that sort of has met a moment in the category, right? So it's, it was, it was just, it's just, it wasn't coincidental. Obviously this is a strategic decision you made that we're living in a culture that is obsessed with protection, that is obsessed with prevention. And, uh, and you're a brand who's trying to figure out how to play in that space. Now, in retrospect, it seems sort of obvious that this would be the way to do it when we talk about the strategy in a second, but it wasn't. It couldn't have been that obvious. I mean, there must have been, um, there must have been a lot of discussion about how to play or how to talk as a brand. Can you, can you take us inside some of those uh, conversations about where did this thing start? Because this couldn't just be a corporate message from the brand. It, it, it had to maybe work a little harder than that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, it's a moment in time that seemed perfect. It was like the perfect storm 
where people's ears were pricked up and ready to hear stuff. And there was also this desire for intimacy, human connection to, you know, waiting for those restrictions to be eased as quickly as possible. So it felt like a perfect storm. But what we couldn't do was just go in there and say, hey, use a condom, be prepared, you know, because those sorts of comms, you know, from PSAs and other brands have fallen on deaf ears, you know. It's an, an, a generation that thinks there's a pill to fix everything. We call them Generation Invincible. You know, if if something breaks, there's a morning after pill. If if you didn't use one in the heat at the moment, there's a clinic you can pop to or a, or a doctor's prescription to get. So we had to really think about that community spirit, like how that looking after your sexual health and using a condom was a symbol of care, of looking after others. And there was real thought that went into how we engage this audience and make it feel that it's their decision. We wanted it to feel like here's a moment in time to reset and rethink everything, including the way you have sex and who you have it with. Um, And that's where the campaign started to build its momentum in terms of how do we engage with people? Who do we use? What types of conversations do we have with them to get them excited? And also, you know, feeling empowered that, hey, this is okay. You know, I'm vetting people on Zoom for dates. Why can I not, you know, you know, I'm washing my hands every 20 seconds and singing birthday songs. Why, why would I not do this as well? Tell us about phase one. Uh, what sort of led to the development of that campaign? Great. So what led to that was this is a rebrand and a reset for Durex across the globe. Um, in terms of a a new positioning and and what led to it was several factors one that we were um, we had a a footprint um, a brand positioning before this one that was very much about couples and love and intimacy and it was playing to the codes and category norms in terms of what that looked and felt like like we were talking about great out of this world sex You, you went to our website and it would say how to you know um 10 positions to try when you lose your virginity. And you're like, whoa, we're really putting the pressure on people. and We're painting this picture of, a, you know, 50 shades of grey and like silk sheets, hotel bedrooms and, you know, playing subservient female roles, etc. And it, it felt like the world was actually shifting. The sexual landscape was changing. It was actually surpassing us. We were fine at the time, but, you know, where the world of hookups and lust and you can have sex without love and you know you don't have to be in a relationship all of those codes were changing and we felt that it was time to keep the brand relevant and to make protection still relevant for a younger audience to be talking to the issues and concerns that they have today and we found in our global sex survey which is a global study that we do every four years and have done for 20 odd years the data in that was saying that people were dissatisfied with their sex lives and, and two thirds of them. And, we, and that for us was like, whoa, OK, so people are dissatisfied, which is horrific. But, you know, we're talking about from to great and people aren't even as good. So there's a real role for us as a brand to step up and step in. And the enemy that, you know, we've played to as well um, is that we're playing to these category codes and conventions that's putting people under pressure to perform, think and feel and behave in a certain way. So for us, it was like enough is enough. Let's let's take on 
a different role and let's try and turn that stat the other way to two thirds of people being totally satisfied. And the way we can do that is by, you know, challenging the sexual norms and conventions that are affecting people's sexual happiness. Obviously, your goal, your, the business goal here was, uh, was to drive sales or drive usage of condoms. But what was the, um, what were the sort of social issues or the stigma issues that you needed to overcome in order to make that happen? Well, there are heaps of barriers. Um, and we wanted to make sure that what we were, bat- the biggest barrier really is excuses when it comes to not using a condom. And for us, that was the enemy. It was like, we want to remind people that that just wasn't good enough. This is your life, your sex life on your terms, and you have every right to carry, use or introduce a condom. And no one should make you feel otherwise. So we wanted to highlight all of those barriers where people would make a silly excuse or they would feel uncomfortable asking for one and use those pieces of data and research that we had to remind others that they weren't alone and that they were able to own their sex effectively. So that meant everything from, you know, let's stop shaming women from carrying condoms. You know, carrying a condom doesn't equal slut. You know, let, let's, that's just not good enough. Let's move on. Let's shape a new future together. We hear in culture about the fact that, that Gen Z is a, a far more socially conscious, far more, uh, has a greater sense of responsibility for society, for their rights, for the rights of others, justice, injustice, et cetera. And, and you would hope, and I think this was part of what you're thinking was, it's this idea that, that having gone through this, this, uh, this lockdown, having gone through the virus, that particularly though with the lockdown, that there was this sort of shift in what the collective attitude might be. So we were sort of a, a culture focused on me and self. Yeah. And that idea that hopefully this shifted things to be more of a focus on we. So that shift from me to we. Is there is there any evidence that that actually is happening, that there is that increased level or sense of a responsibility for things outside of myself? Yeah, I mean, from the research that we've done um, during COVID, and 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 coming out of it with the restrictions there is more of a sense of a of community around everything in life you know um but there is it with relationships as well like we we ask the question like you know will you use a condom to protect yourself and someone else and you know they were ticking the someone else as well so it wasn't always just about you know, those who are protective minded who are like, well, I want to be safe. It was like, well, actually, you know, this is a good thing. We asked them lots of different things as well. Like, will you continue? Like, what are the things that you will continue to do coming out of COVID? Because for us, it was about, yes, we want to sell more condoms and, you know, change people's attitudes and perceptions of them and, and ultimately create like a pro-condom audience. That That's what we want to get to. But we wanted to talk about it in the context of all of those things surrounding sex and relationships. You know, so we asked things like, will you continue, stop or do more of, you know, um, vetting dates before you go and meet them in the real world? And and there are all these positives that they wanted to keep, those new reimagined behaviours that they wanted to stay with them as they came out of lockdown. We're like, you know, of course we'll bet a better date before we see him. It means we're not wasting our time, you know, because there's more of a risk attached to it. Um, 
So there were lots of different behaviours surrounding people, relationships, attitudes to each other, that are, there's positive um, sways there. You guys plugged into that whole concept of normal, and that's where you began. That sort of became the pivot or this, the creative focus of questioning what is normal, right? And challenging what is normal before we return to it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. All the other brands in and out of category were all talking about the countdown to getting back to normal. And for us, for us as a team, normal just wasn't good enough, you know, in the sense of, you know, this is the first time in history where STIs and HIV rates are on lockdown. They're on pause. You know, that was our starting. It's like you start there and you go, actually, people's health is on pause and we could possibly, you know, keep this static and reverse it. If only we corralled people to to get them to rethink, you know, what they liked about what they did, what they didn't, you know, so much like and reassess it and reset it. And that that was the starting point for us. I think the the best way I've seen it stated is like, let's not go back to normal. Yep. And that's sort of, it's like, okay, well, I mean, that's a great place to start a conversation about protection and, and, and the idea of being able to parallel that with the fact that people, people don't even want to wear masks for Christ's sake. And, and now we're having a, we're having a conversation about condoms and we're, but we're, but it's the right conversation to be having. And, and I think momentum is in your favor. And I think the, uh, the idea of, of uh, challenging those norms became almost a perfect way to, to come at it. When we relaunched the brand in um, February of this year on Valentine's Day, and we put our manifesto basically out to the world, which was our pledge to all the fights that we're going to stand up for. And you're correct, you know, that is everything from, you know, porn is not the norm. So let's, you know, we don't see condoms in it. We, you're feeling that you need to perform like that or make the noises like that. It's it's fantasy. Fantasy's good, but it's only 5%. It doesn't show you the fuck-ups, the sweat, the mismatched curtains, you know, the messy bedroom or, you know, the <laughs> sofa you do it on, you know. It, for us, it was about challenging all of those sexual norms that are putting pressure on people to behave in a certain way or to look a certain way, or feel a certain way. So our opening handshake to the world was really to say, hey, look, this isn't right. We need to challenge these norms. And the way we challenge that is by openly talking about them and putting them out there. And and that's why we had several pieces of creative um, in all those channels you said that just sparked those conversations around sex does not take a position, porn is not the norm, X percent of us are faking it just to remind people that they're not alone and these are all the tropes and conventions that are being saddled on us and actually we've got a right to step up and stand up and and push against them so for us that was a an empowering rousing campaign to to call people to arms and then this second installment of let's not go back to normal was using the precipice of the corona moment to say hey let's let's really pause and reset and rethink all of these things that we're feeling under pressure to do think about behave say etc and then tell us about so tell us a little bit more about the second phase in terms of the uh, the mantra and where that came from it's really well written so my understanding is that that first phase of the campaign sort of came out of some quant research that you guys did where you bubbled up these 
these insights and they sort of then converted into into issues that you could develop comms around. There was some comms that came off of the second phase before the film was released, which was only maybe a month or so ago, right? Yes. So tell us, tell us about, tell us about that second, that second phase and, and uh, some of the executions that came off of that and how did that work with creative? So basically I only launched 22nd of June (laughs) Um, and it's still releasing parts of it. So there is a wealth of stuff you are yet to see. And it's based on all of the moments that we're about to see, that the loosening of restrictions or even going back down on lockdown. So there's lots of work um, to come. But that started really, as we said, of just uh, here's a moment in time to just pause and get people to think differently um, while they're in lockdown about the things they love, the things they want to ditch, the things they want to do more of or they've learned along the way. Um, and that's why for us, we challenged normal and said, was it good enough? What's the normal do you want? And that comprised of um, outdoor, um, social, there are um, influencers. We did a piece of research as well um, with behavioral um, um, scientists that have come out to talk about the attitudes and behaviors of people in lockdown and, and how that's going to shape you know, people moving forward. Um, and, and inviting people to share their reflections and what they're thinking and feeling um, at that time. So a super interactive campaign, hugely digital, with um, pockets of work on the streets, really. So infiltrating the spaces where, you know, um, big outdoor, uh, where people are walking past supermarkets or tube stations, etc. And it kicked off really with um, our manifesto, um, some social posts and the film, which was very much about, you know, really a call to arms that said, just let's not go back to normal for far too long. Just, you know, it just wasn't good enough. It was making rubbish excuses for not wearing a condom to shaming women for even carrying one to, you know, making you know it normal to have a million needless STIs, you know, diagnosed every single day. So this was a rousing call to arms to, we jokingly call arms legs bums and private parts to let's not go back to that normal you know to create a world that no one's ever seen before and that is so ready for change let's change it together for the better and for each other um and make sure that that's the world you know make sure that 2020 is actually seen as not the year we want to forget but the year that was important because it created the new way to look after each other when it comes to sex and good sex. Let's not go back to normal. For too long, normal just wasn't good enough. Normal was making rubbish excuses for not wearing a condom. Normal was shaming women for even carrying one. Normal was one million needless STIs every single day. So this is a call to arms, legs, bums and private parts. Let's not go back to normal. The world has never been so ready for change. So let's all change it for the better, for each other. Sure, it's been pretty weird lately, but weirdly, that's what makes 2020 really important. So when it's time to get back out on the streets and jump back in the sheets, let's not go back to normal. Let's have better, safer sex for everyone, forever. So where do you think this goes in the future? Obviously, this was a great answer to a brief about how the brand should talk 
uh, during these during the, uh, the the crisis. Do you got are you guys thinking about where it goes when you go back to a degree of normalcy? There'll be more topics and more things coming along the along the line, which is pushing against those sexual conventions. It's it's a brilliant second chapter to our opening handshake, which was about let's challenge the sexual norms that, you know, affect our sexual happiness and satisfaction. And this is that moment in time where we have to remind people to not go back to normal and that there are there are lots of things coming through the pipeline from, you know, um, product stories, etc., that all ladder back to this thought around challenging the conventions that hold us back. And, and saying goodbye to the excuses that we may have um, lived and died by before. I applaud you guys because I look at I look at what you guys are doing. I look at what um, I think OK Cupid did, and I I look with enormous admiration about what Labrasse has been doing. And they just recently reduced uh, released the um, I think it's called the Womb Stories. Have yeah. you seen it? I mean, yeah, that, brilliant. It's, it's brilliant work, and it and it just it. I think it's it's not only is it as an attempt by a brand to liberate uh, to liberate stories and topics, but it. I would hope that what it ends up doing is it ends up giving permission for many marketers to begin to have the confidence and the courage to get in front of their internal organization to say, look. If you break out and do something unique, it can have enormously positive effects. And you don't just do it for the sake of doing it, but you do it for a super smart strategic reason, which yeah. I think is what Labrasse has done. And I think what you guys are doing too. And it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Brands who are brave enough to address some of these stigmas and to be sort of liberators within their category, they tend to find their voice even more over time. And I think I think we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Nebres uh, did that. Body form started off, when you look at body form from year one, year two, year three, and now womb stories, the evolution of that, it just seemed to find its voice, it seemed to find its confidence, and it went at the issues more directly. And yeah. I think you'll probably end up getting there too, because, and I think probably with, with, with people like yourself working on it, you're going to be continuing to challenge and push to be even uh, more direct in dealing with some of these issues. Advocating. Yeah, definitely. And I think we're already seeing it from, you know, the Valentine's Day launch where we were pushing against the tropes of Valentine's Day and having to, you know, all buy the same gifts or wear sexy lingerie, or it's going to be the best sex you're going to have. Like, pushing against those you know <laughs> conventions that we're all signing up to you know and and now saying hey actually shaming women isn't good enough consent is a good thing let's vet our dates before we see them let's see this as a symbol to protect each other i think we're already starting to get more pointed as a brand and even when you look at the campaigns around the edges that we're doing you know like unforgettable nights which was you know um the campaign for um, Spain, which was all obviously they've not had sex ed for over 30, 40 years. Um, and this was about rallying government to do something for a younger generation because one in four of them under the age of 18 had an STI. And that is about saying, hey, have a, a great night for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. So each and every campaign we're doing is pushing the envelope a little bit more, getting a bit more pointed. Um, and hopefully, you know, everyone will see us as a beacon for good and change when it comes to sex and see that the value of protecting each other and a condom within that mix um, of dispelling some of those myths. 
I love it. And uh, people can look at the, the creative on the episode page. And I love the new film. I know that the first time we talked, it hadn't been released yet. And then I saw it and really think it came out really terrific. Congratulations on that. So uh, we'll, put, we'll post the creative and post a way for people to connect with you and so they can uh, hound Fantastic. you with additional questions. Love so, it. <laughs> so Chantal Bagley, head of strategy, RB. And RB is the, is the, so you're head of strategy on this brand and all of its products. Yes. Great. So For, I look after their portfolio, um, which are all different sorts of health and home and hygiene brands. And, and Durex is um, the, the sex, sex brand, sexual wellbeing brand in the portfolio. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, You're very welcome. It was a ton of fun, and we're going to be watching out for this as it continues to roll out. Because I can just imagine it just got so many fruitful areas. You're going to be like stuck with trying to. It I know, won't be, too it won't much be choice. exactly. You know, it won't be about like like trying to think of ideas, but trying to trying to isolate them down out of the uh, probably the dozens that'll come to mind. Exactly. Well, Thanks, watch Chantel. it, love it, share it. You got it. Great having you here, and we'll see everybody in the next episode.